We are the existentialists. Four existential psychotherapists invite you to join us in a dialogue about what it means to live an existentially tuned life. Your hosts are Xavier Williams, therapist in Vancouver, Canada. Janelle Dresner, therapist in Edmonton, Canada. Chelsea Stenner, therapist in South Surrey, Canada. And Mihaela Lounano, therapist in Vancouver, Canada. Hello and welcome to episode five of our second series um, of the Existentialist Podcast. Uh, today we're talking about uh the transcendent, encountering the transcendent, uh, experiences of transcendence. I think we touch on all, um, and 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 what that means, what that is, um, how it is for us, how we've experienced it, um, and and maybe to to look at the value of it. You know why why even think about transcendence in in the let's say in the field of psychology, in the field of counseling, and and. Um, and of course, at the end, we'll be very curious to hear about all your experiences of transcendence. But so, wh- where do we start? Um, wh- where should we ground ourselves? <laughs> yeah, great question. In in the transcendent, where should we ground <laughs> ourselves? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I'm glad that you asked that question because I think it's quite important so that we still have a little bit some limits, right? Uh, but I I think in uh, the way I see it, like uh, or I suggest, is like. Um, going by how um, we define the self-transcendence and transcendence in existential analysis, right? And it's um, something that um, is beyond myself. I experience as being beyond myself and um, that usually I experience as um, much um, larger, bigger, more powerful uh, than myself and to which I am connected or I'm part of, or I feel even immersed in it, as I think in our experiences this will come out perhaps. But is that uh, that experience, that felt sense that uh, I'm encountering a different um, um, kind of level of experience, something that is uh, that pushes me beyond the limits of the ordinary, something extraordinary, in either by orders of magnitude, like power, um, intensity of experience, so it's um, the kind of the ultimate, an ultimate concern of some sort, and a liminal experience, the, um, the brink between the ordinary and the extraordinary. So all these experiences would, I think, would be a good fit to to discuss or an anchor to our discussion. And I wonder if it would be helpful to start with one actually, mm. a concrete experience. <coughs> so, so this means me. <laughs> I think I'm sure uh, listeners will be shocked to find out that we discussed a few things before <laughs> before <laughs> recording. But um, so yeah, that we in, in in our discussions earlier, I was relating a um, the kind of uh, many experiences I've had of, of being in a in a in a stormy, a rough, stormy ocean. Uh, growing up in Cape Town, Cape Town used to be known as the Cape of Storms. Um, because it can get very stormy. And one of the most incredible things for me is to go in the, in the sea um, uh, during a storm where the waves are 
powerful, big, um, and there's a degree of enjoyment in it, but there's also a, a kind of a, a sense of um, of complete immersion and complete kind of um, insignificance because the waves. I mean, they they certainly don't care that I'm there, and it it matters not. I'm 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 insignificant there, and I get out of of uh, of those situations. You know, partly because I can swim well, and I've been you know for some training, but most of the time it's a little bit of luck, I suppose. Right? It's it's um, it just happens because I can do nothing when you've been buried by a wave, or the third, or the fourth, or the fifth, or the sixth wave in a row, and you you know you may be getting tiny gasps of air, if that. Um, there, there are moments where you you get to a, a a kind of I can do nothing. I I I cannot hold on. I don't know which which way is up. I can't see anything, um, and it is a, a you kind of just have to let go. Um, yeah. And it's it's uh, it's a very powerful feeling, and it's one that I actually enjoy, as you might hear in my voice. So, so I just wanted to say that you can do something, though. You can let go. You can surrender. I it just strikes me that there is still a capacity that otherwise it will be probably suicidal. But you know, somewhere at a certain level, that you can let be, let go, and surrender. Am I? Am I understanding correctly? You are not commit. You are not committing suicide. You are not going into the waste, right? Okay. So there is a, a, a trust there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. I'm. I'm. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. kill myself because mm -hmm. FYI, it hasn't worked. Um, um, uh, no. There, there is, and uh, I don't know in those moments though if it's a. I'm not even sure though if it's a choice to let go. Uh, it's kind of you know the, what's the phrase what's the movie it's from resistance is futile there, there's no point to resist yeah you can resist but you're not resisting against anything because it's just the resistance is, in, is so insignificant I can't oh I can try and kick and well. so then do you let yourself be taken by the waves if you're not resisting I think that's what I heard Mahila say is that yeah. surrender that, that's exactly yeah completely you let it let, let it be taken mm -hmm. um. so so what uh, what draws you to that you said that many times you went uh, like what is the um, you cannot do much against this like you can surrender you can actually do something extremely important surrender and allow yourself to be taken but what is the what is the draw what is the uh, it's um, it's it's there I think when I when I it's definitely it's encountering the elements encountering nature in 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 its in all its majesty, um, which uh, which at the I think the the best way to describe it is as at the brink of death, and it's you know I come out feeling incredibly alive, um, but in those moments in between, you just yeah, there's there's nothing to do. It's it's and it is you know you know, particularly when you when you're underwater and you don't. You know, your lungs are they, they they would like to breathe um it, it can be quite quite terrifying um and it's not in those moments it's kind of in that the emergence that, that that really kind of um i suppose maybe the 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 coming back to to earth from the transcendent i don't know maybe that's the, that feeling that i enjoy it's like a, well 
coming to that brink of death and <laughs> coming back to life and and it's kind of like challenging a bit and and finding the limit like really it's a liminal experience yeah. like it's an experience at the limit at the brink mm-hmm. of death and i guess that's a of experience mm-hmm. death, right and i think maybe that's what um, how transcendent um, is experienced sometimes i'm taken taken I'm t- i don't do anything i don't mm. follow a path but i'm suddenly or not suddenly taken into an experience that um, overpowers me mm. and at the same time doesn't destroy you it could though and you mentioned the terrifies, yeah. so there is some terror yeah. sometimes in these experiences. Yeah. Well, it definitely could destroy me, and mm. there may well be one day where it does. Um, it's not. Um, it's not up to me. In, s- in some instances, there have been uh, some. There, yeah, there have been definitely been some instances where I've come out and I've been incredibly lucky. Uh, I'm not sure if I've ever told. Um, uh, I don't know if I've told anybody about that actually. Um, but there were a few, a few where, yeah, yeah, it was touch and go for sure. And, and also it re-establishes um, a rapport that almost like you feel small. And there is, so you encounter this bigger than yourself, uh, which is also striking that it puts you in a different, immediately in a different position rather than in a typical life when we decide what we have for breakfast and where to go about our day. Yeah. It's now you are... Really small. Oh, 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 indeed, um, and and small doesn't even cover it. Like you know, if, if we think about that, th- um, uh, maybe listeners, if you if you have you know, a fancy bit of, of 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 exploration, just open up Google Maps and just go to the you know and, and kind of zoom out to the maximum level and look at how much ocean there is mm-hmm. in the world. And even then, you can't really experience it too much. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're in the ocean in Cape Town or the ocean in Vancouver, the ocean just dwarfs you by. Mag- as you said, a magnitude of it's it's beyond insignificance. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is is that there's something there's something greater in the sense of of power, of majesty, of um, wonder, of mystery. Something at the limits, mm-hmm. at the borders of experience. Um, and yeah, just for myself, I I also have a few moments like that um some are more um i guess adrenaline infused Mm -hmm. or more invigorated and others are very very quiet Mm -hmm. um so i've had yeah that experience of being kind of um in the in the shadow of something else and and feeling small and you know, whether physically or internally, this feeling of being brought to my knees. Um, And I think, Mahila, in our conversation in between recording, you were talking about this reverence or this this humbleness Mm -hmm. um, of, of, is it a shrinking down that happens inside or just becoming aware that I'm really small? Oh, for me? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a humbleness. Yeah, it, it could be an awareness actually of that, um, of my position, of my <laughs> yeah, in the relation with um, in the encounter with this transcendent. I think it's more, but it, it's experience obviously as a shrinking immediately, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I also can relate to the experiences with the ocean, not quite that dramatic, but even if I go for a swim in the summer, right, and it's not uh, stormy and all that, but there is. Uh, 
And the difference between ocean and lake, it's just, again, levels of magnitude again, right? Because uh, there is a power in the ocean. There is a very strong kind of power and determination there, and it's um, vitality. There is a a depth to that power and vitality. There is an aliveness to it that draws me, and that's why if I can choose between lake and ocean, I would always go for ocean if it's colder. And but there is that uh, encounter with this, and and yeah, I am uh, I am definitely very small, even in Burard Inlet here, right? When I see the margins, basically, but even there, it feels very small. I feel very small, and um, at the same time, I feel embraced and held, and um, so mm-hmm. that uh, for me invites um, a level of surrender like and so it's uh, and that's for me it's a pleasant invigorating and uh, an experience of being held yeah i think maybe maybe my my word for that was when i said immersed when i am i'm I'm surrounded so yeah there's a a degree of embrace um of embrace and actually the I had a similar, in, in more of a, an ex, uh, the kind of uh, ecstatic kind of self-transcendence. Maybe ecstatic is the wrong word, but um, the first time I went scuba diving <coughs> and going down into uh, it, it just into this world where 360 degrees, just everywhere around you is ocean, is water. And it, it, that was one of the most incredible experiences but not a terrifying one quite the opposite actually there were sharks at the bottom i remember sitting on the boat looking at the sharks at the bottom and and the guy's going well we're going to go in there i'm like yeah but there's sharks down there and he was like no no, it'll be fine don't worry and as soon as as i was 10 feet underwater all the fear disappeared all of it but it it was that immersive quality i I think that that really that that um uh, what did you say embrace held Oh yeah, I think that uh, that makes a huge difference, right? It's uh, and it changes your experience significantly. But what about those uh, you alluded? I think uh, Chelsea to some um, terrifying or not so pleasant experiences. Uh, I think there are also like um, those ones that I mean, yours is not necessarily uh, pleasant, but it's more exhilarating, mm-hmm. side, right? Yeah. More mine is more of a mm-hmm. being held, pleasant nature. But do we also have examples of uh, when encountering this transcendent? experiences are actually very scary mm-hmm. yeah i was thinking of you know the there's the awe that's kind of more of a pleasant awe i guess and then there's more of a dreadful mm-hmm. awe um, and what was coming to mind for me i haven't experienced it in the flesh but just in movies when you see like a, a 50 foot wave or something like that or you see clips of a tsunami um, something that is terribly, terribly huge and terribly powerful, and it, mm-hmm. um, it, you're taken by it. I'm taken by it. It's you can't look away. There's mm. something stunning about it, mm. and uh, stunning and also definitely destructive. Mm-hmm. In those instances, like you, you stand no chance, but there is no. That exhilaration that you had a bit of, it's really like, this is going to kill me and it's I have no chance. So it's a complete, completely being overpowered. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for me, the the um, scary experiences, I was talking about movies, right? It's uh, I'm fine with horror movies that are gory, blood, whatever, 
killings, whatever. But what uh, aqua- uh, the category of movie, horror movie, that I it really gives me the creeps, and I, I think it borders on encountering something uh, liminal, but of, the <laughs> of a bad quality. Are the movies that have like um, spirits and like uh, there is one movie that is really bad movie and really basic about the the ring, I don't <laughs> know say, which is oh that movie like really haunted my uh, teenage years I guess whenever I watched it, and it was that uh, that quality that atmosphere the ominous, right? That but it has a supernatural quality to it, and um, yeah, so that that would be a, an experience I'm like. Yeah, there is something outside, right? That is suggested by the movie outside the um, ordinary, mm-hmm. but it's very ominous and creepy. Yeah, something spooky mm-hmm. where your hair stands mm-hmm. on end and you just pull your shoulders mm-hmm. up and there's this urge to look around, but at what? Yeah, thank you for describing <laughs> much better <laughs> the embodied experience. That's exactly mm-hmm. how it is. And uh, it's kind of like you turn on the turn on the lights and you search and you do and it's still that spookiness that kind of um, infused you <laughs> the um i um, uh, kind of came up the uh, not so much the, the movies like the ring or anything i just find them absurd I, was, uh, they, they, I don't bother watching them. i mean they can scare me but <laughs> um but well the one that 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 did um uh kind of that kind of goes in this is again i mentioned uh, doctor who in the last episode but there's they have these um, i think they're called the weeping angels and and the premise is, is that they're these angel statues that as soon as you don't look at them they come closer to you and every time you look away they come closer and closer until they until they've got you and then they kill you and so you have to keep looking at them cats do that <laughs> <laughs> like cats like the actual cat yes <laughs> yes look up cat stalking on youtube you look away and somehow it's a foot closer and you look away again and somehow it's a foot closer they've mastered that phenomena except cats aren't gonna kill you <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's still creepy mm-hmm. yeah so the creepiness i guess that's the quality you are going with like creepiness and um there, there is uh, but, but creepiness creep not, not not just creepiness but like creepiness beyond yes, a point yes i agree yeah. yes something that is still has the quality of uh, more powerful than me larger than me and now it's kind of creeping in sneaking in mm. and that is uh, very creepy okay so what um, um why is even uh, why is it important to talk about this i mean encountering transcendent what um, why is it important and how is it important to our lives, to our existence, to even describe such phenomena? One of the things that it, it helps me and, and that I try and talk with some clients about um, is is it, 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 it kind of helps with anxiety, right? It's, it, it, it reminds me that, um, that AI, there are things out of my control is so far out of my control that um uh but but also that you know that insignificance that the world doesn't revolve around me it doesn't even know i exist most of the time right that's it doesn't care um and and you know that sounds quite bleak and maybe you know maybe not um surprising for the apparently brutalistic existentialist that i am but 
but it gives it gives me it it it, it, it gives me something. It goes okay. You know, uh, it, you know, you don't matter, but stuff that does matter for you. What does matter? So it pushes me towards that. Well, this reminds me of the episode of the episode on encountering death, right? When you said that, uh, well, even if everything is absurd, and all die, we all die, and doesn't matter. I care. Mm-hmm. So, so um, encountering the, the transcendent or these transcendent phenomena, it um, can reorient us towards. Mm what we really, truly care for. And it's uh, you mentioned in our discussion before the cleansing quality of such an experience, almost like we, we get rid of all the fluff and the uh, non-essential, and we come back to what is actually essential. That, that's a very good way of putting it, right? So, yeah, I use the word cleansing because mm-hmm. uh, it literally mm-hmm. feels like you've been in a washing machine, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you get rid of all the fluff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that, at least for me, that happens in all encounters with the elements, you know, in a rainstorm, in a, in the, in the, 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 you know, the driest heat of the desert, that it, all those encounters have that same effect, mm-hmm. at least for me. I'm trying to come up with the right, like, word for it, but it strips away. Mm-hmm. It yeah. strips away. Strips away is good. A lot of things, and you're just kind of left, left bare mm-hmm. with it. And so it's a very... Um, it's a very interesting encounter, really, to be kind of stripped away and left bare with something. It's very intimate mm-hmm. and and very, very humbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very raw. Mm-hmm. Raw, <laughs> brutal, to go back to that, but um, without any pretense. Mm-hmm. Very, like, honest. Very, yeah, raw, I think, for me. And I think uh, stands, and it's um, so it really turns out towards essential, and towards, uh, and um, it brings us close to the possibility of death as well, which then, as we spoke in another episode, quickly um, turns us even in a crisis way sometimes towards what um, what is truly important. We might almost say it rejuvenates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like uh, you said something interesting that it helps with anxiety, which it's kind of counterintuitive that if you are going to be dropped in those waters by Cape Town, that uh, someone <laughs> with anxiety will do very well. But I think yes, but there is that uh, that encounter with death through which you the possibility of death is through which you came alive, right? It's I think after that I don't know if you can be anxious too much. Mm-hmm. There is. Uh, there is a. S- that's why I ask you how. What are you doing there? Because it's not just you are doing. You are not just doing nothing, but there is a trust. There is a surrender there. So once you touch that, touch upon that, it's anxiety doesn't make much sense. Yeah, yeah. Th- there is a there is a trust, I suppose, and 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 maybe this is where I, I kind of I think I've said it before in a podcast that I see trust as a risk, mm-hmm. um, as a rather than a guarantee, mm-hmm. um. Uh, and so, you know, if we, I mean, I'm not sure, I'm sure we can debate this, but, um, if we're, if we're talking about encountering the transcendence, there's almost, uh, uh, you know, if there's going to be a dialogue, it's almost me going, okay, I'm coming into the, you know, are you going to kill me today? <laughs> kind of, <laughs> which, which seems a bit absurd, but, um, it, there's, there's something, um, it, there's something, inc- it, it, 
incredibly existential. And I don't mean that in the philosophical. I mean, it, 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 it makes me feel I exist. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Um, I don't have the same experiences with water that you do. It doesn't do the same thing for me, but where I encounter similar feelings, maybe not so much in the letting go, but in the, the powerlessness, I guess, would be being in the mountains. Mm. And it's one of those things where just looking out at a mountainscape and seeing the vastness, the hugeness, the majesty of it, I, I cannot help but be so aware of it and simultaneously so aware of myself at the same time, usually of my smallness and kind of how somehow I'm here in it. Um, but that part stands out to me is I, it's really like a, an intense mm-hmm. feeling of both at the same time of what I'm experiencing, the transcendent, and then also myself within it. Mm-hmm. So it's truly an encounter. Mm-hmm. It feels like an encounter with um, some, something that transcends you. You, you are also acutely aware of yourself. So would you say then that you are taken away, take, s- swept off your feet, or, or are you grounded within yourself and with yourself? Um, it feels more, I- I'm still with myself, but it's like myself is swept up in it. And so th- maybe it's, it's kind of that floating, I guess. Mm-hmm. There's, a, yeah, a water watery feeling to yeah. it of yeah. floating being in it the immer- immersion mm-hmm. the immersion experience. Mm-hmm. you are part of it you are with yourself and yet outside yourself like in this in the experience in that immersive experience yeah and and you can get you can get a bit lost in it too momentarily it's so captivating mm-hmm. and it's not just in nature too i've i've had that with Art. Mm-hmm. I've had that with architecture. I've had that um, in particular moments of laughter mm-hmm. in a group, even mm-hmm. where kind of everyone gets the joke mm-hmm. all at once, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's something that you happen upon. You happen upon, and it happens upon you. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's not only that I'm in the driver's seat and I choose it, or like I make it happen. But it, it, it's, um, yeah, it's ha- it happens. Yeah, and and, and so as maybe this is to clarify my my, my, my non-suicidality. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't go. I don't go into the ocean to have that ex- the trans- transcendent experience. I go because I I can go and swim in it, and I can go and play in it, and. Uh, and it happens to me sometimes, mm-hmm. but it it will it's it's very much it happens to me for sure. Yeah, and it's clear that you don't go there for that, like to force it or to squeeze it or like anything like that. Yeah. No, I mean, without yeah, I dare say I couldn't. <laughs> and and uh, now here's um, <laughs> a challenge, or um, um, yeah, I think it could be a challenge. Some people call these experiences. Um, Sacred, mystical, um, aw- awesome, like like experiences of awe, um, mysterious. But I think yeah, definitely like this uh, transcendence mm-hmm. being taken away, 
swept off the f- uh, of our feet and um, that uh, overwhelming experience of um, of awe or uh, of beauty inten- intensity of it it's uh, quite frequently described in mysticism people who talk about sacred experiences encountering the the sacred or spiritual and here we also talk about spiritual noetic so how do we how do are we with those uh, experiences and and descriptions yeah f- for m- for me it's it's it, it, i think the word that came to mind when you were saying that is wondrous I, in the in that sense of wow like that you know the all the um and uh, and it does it does make me wonder it makes me um a, a, in a non-specific way I, mean, I don't wonder well how does the ocean work and how do the you know what is the volume of water that's around you not that it's not not in that way it's 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 this kind of unknown wonder uh that 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 doesn't need to an answer that doesn't need to be fulfilled it just is and 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 i l- that wonder f- makes me feel good you know kind of reflecting on it i kind of look and i go yeah this is nice and i think too maybe it's important to distinguish um like when we start talking about that which is sacred or spiritual um just to distinguish maybe perhaps where we're coming from versus a religious perspective because often in religious experiences are prescribed um or templates are given and that's really not what we're talking about here just like Mahila was saying earlier it happens upon us so mm-hmm. it's not something that you know every time you go out into the ocean you're going to find it mm-hmm. but s- you might encounter it sometimes and, and and but i think also mystical experiences happen upon us i mean i know that in certain religions or <laughs> parts of a religion yeah people are seeking those experiences they are seen as like wow the, you must get that in order to whatever right well i guess that's just yeah but, uh, <laughs> anyways it's not what we are talking about you cannot uh, really pursue those experiences but i guess yeah mystical experiences be uh, things that uh, and not just in christianity but other religion um, and spiritual practices of the world would call encountering the sacred mystical experiences have the same qualities and i guess um, it's important then to clarify that um, what we talk about is experiences and if someone calls those mystical that's uh, that's uh, completely fine and that's uh, and if we call them transcendent or if we call them awesome <laughs> or whatever we call them it's uh, the common denominator that we want to draw attention to in this episode is that uh, that um, encountering what is larger than ourselves, um, a limit passing or overpassing a, a certain limit, the extraordinary, that that inspires all. Or the, um, um, Rudolf Steiner talk about numinosum, like that uh, it's a characteristic phenomenon when we encounter something so powerful and big and intense that it creates bo- both awe and terror mixed intertwined so that's the um, the out of the ordinary luminosum experience so that's um, just wanted to clarify what we what we mean by this and some of us may feel comfortable to say oh this is sacred mm-hmm. and i feel reverence or humbleness and some say yeah this is what it is and i don't particularly feel 
the need to apply certain words to it. And I think that's completely fine. Yeah, and no, I suppose that's, that, that's what I kind of was alluding to in my wondrous statement. Like, it, it is wondrous. That's it. And, and that's, and that's good, I suppose, good enough for me. Yeah, like it doesn't need mm-hmm. further understanding, further labeling. No, no, not n- not at all. And actually, it, it reminded me of the of of my favorite quote and the quote that's on the Existentialist Podcast we- website under my profile, uh, which essentially kind of captures this in a way. And it's a Martin Buber quote, um, and it says it reads, um, uh, "I do not rest." on a broad upland of a system that includes a series of sure statements about the absolutes, but on a narrow rocky ridge between the gulfs where there is no sureness of expressible knowledge, but only the certainty of meeting what remains undisclosed. Uh, which I take to mean, and so when you were talking about your your, your version, uh, Chelsea, in the, in, the, in the mountains, right? Because whenever I read that quote, I imagine mountains and literally a rocky ridge, the most precarious rocky ridge you've ever walked on. Um, I take that to mean is you don't know. You don't know and you won't know. The only thing that you will know is that last one, right? The certainty of meeting what remains, what will come. Mm-hmm. And that, that is undisclosed until, of course, you encounter it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. And it's like it's really the um, supreme openness yeah. and mystery and the unknown. And I guess this is when uh, systems of religion, like um, um, when they reify everything into a doctrine and all that, they are um, they are losing this, or they, um, I sure hope that people who practice those systems, they and can return to the origins, can still you know, recover, reclaim some of that. But usually, this is exactly what is lost, I think, when uh, uh, religion becomes an organized practice and uh, ritualistic practice, right? It's uh, that uh, complete openness and mystery, and um, even not not giving a name, not naming, because I guess this is where the the thing about sacred and mystical and awe and all that starts to right. It's like we don't need a name for it. It may be leaving it nameless. And mysterious, it's. I, I'd, I'd even suggest, how dare we name it? Yeah, and, and maybe in that it is a truly, <laughs> it's true. True reverence is yeah. <laughs> is in that, in you no know, naming <laughs> it and no daring to touch it with our own preconceived ideas. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that, in that sense, it takes us to the limits of our language and uh, thought, really. Yeah, I was just, I was just thinking of other um, experiences where. I felt that when you listen to a piece of music and all of a sudden you get shivers yeah. all over or entering the, like a grand library and just seeing all of the books and knowledge yeah. that's there that you can't possibly know at all. Yeah, I, I have the, precisely that with, with music, with certain types of music. Um, I remember one as um, during my practicum, I was coming home on a bus late at night and I was listening to this music and it and the music kind of had that same shivers um, and it's as if my skull opened up and and it just kind of beamed this light up into into the night sky um, and kind of I suppose connected with the night sky like it lasted maybe about a minute but it literally has felt as if my my, my skull opened and and just went up so yeah trans 
literally transcend well, no ascendant more than transcendent <laughs> there, but yeah <laughs> but yeah yeah absolutely uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and also like maybe to a less de- lesser degree even um sensual experiences like uh, food good food i mean i do define i do i did still do refer to some great f- food culinary experiences as uh, divine <laughs> like, maybe that's a bit of a I hope it's not uh, trivializing of the divine but it's like uh, it could be like deeply like uh, could be transcendent like that. I used to sell people in restaurants on that premise <laughs> oh, okay there you go and of course uh, sensual experiences even um, sexuality mm-hmm. but, but any other sensual experiences mm-hmm I think even what we discuss about the ocean could be a sensual experience, or encountering um, encountering um, uh, animals, encountering uh, um <laughs> members of uh, of the other of another kind of uh, other species. Yeah. Just as you were saying that, I was thinking of you know the act of kind of befriending another animal that you wouldn't normally interact with, mm-hmm. um, but then this little friendship mm-hmm. forms. And it's it's very special. There is a recent movie on Netflix about that, like the, a woman who had the accident, an accident, and befriends a crow or a, a sort of a bird. And that uh, encounter really changes her life and really complete existential turn kind of movie. If you are interested, of course, I don't remember the title, but it's uh, about a, a woman who had a terrible accident, remains paralyzed, and then this bird comes into her life and for a while she just didn't want the bird and ignore it and then uh, this bond forms and changes her life. Yeah. Th- there's another one at <coughs> that's been on um, uh, called My Octopus Teacher um, on Netflix. It happens to take place in Cape Town where I grew up in, so I swam in those very waters which is quite cool. It helped with my nostalgia from... <laughs> um, or didn't, um, but yeah, same same thing. Where where this guy goes and he he befriends an octopus. If you could imagine that, like that's just the most bizarrely curious and wondrous thing. It's 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 a it's an incredible um, thing to to observe. Yeah, and I have no doubt that he that was self that was transcendent for him. I think you can see it even in the documentary. And, and so um, going back to the fact that we said that we cannot obviously make this happen, right? We can, how can, is there a way we can um, cultivate our at least openness and awareness to the potential of these experiences? Like what, uh, I wonder, like each of us seems to have had some of those, like what helped us to, to be open, to notice it? I mean, I think... Lots of time we go through the world without mm. looking and seeing even what may be awesome. So mm. what I wonder what may help. I, I think to, to be very literal, to be open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, that's it's how do you be open? Be open. Um, but yeah, just to, to be open to, to, to be curious, I think we used that word earlier, Chelsea. Um, but also to, to notice, I think, uh, physically, like sensation, your body, Right, yeah, uh, yeah, the tingles, um, the 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 kind of the the bracing, maybe the the, the increase in your just anything that even imagination, right? I said, you know, it felt like my skull opened. Obviously, my skull didn't open. <coughs> that would have been a very different set of circumstances. But but just the idea that it could, 
right? I think the imagination might 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 help there. Yeah, and open to open. I agree with you, and open to uh, and seeking maybe different experiences, different uh-huh, kinds yeah. of experiences, right? Like rather than holding back in fear, mm-hmm. especially those experiences that. Um, involve a certain degree of surrendering or a risk like i'm thinking even skydiving bungee jumping like um, stuff like that like or even like stepping into a cold ocean when there are waves like uh, pushing ourselves a bit too right to rather than all the time doing things very carefully planned and uh, safe this is this is my problem with safety i'm not going to start but just just to say to the, the getting of my chest is like I think this obsession with safety really destroys so much, including this um, capacity to experience the transcendent. Yeah, absolutely. To uh, don't do the ordinary, mm-hmm. and by that I don't mean the boring. Or the, I mean don't do the th- just the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. Right, try something else. Yeah, to be willing to walk off the path mm-hmm. and to wander and to be open and invitational um, and to, I think, I think not to limit something with either pretense or with a preconceived notion. Like you might see something and then you haven't really seen it. Mm. Um, So I actually had that with a tree this morning. I was walking on a normal path that I usually walk and then I decided to walk off the path um, a little bit closer to the water I'd never been down there before and of course I've seen a lot of different trees in my life then I came upon a tree that was striking and I just allowed myself to kind of take that in Mm -hmm. to just notice it and observe it and rather than you know all of the other trees I saw on that walk or maybe didn't really see this tree I saw and it stuck with me to the point where I'm speaking about it now mm-hmm. yeah and uh, yeah uh, 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 an- another way you might do that is uh, it's it's particularly easy to dismiss modern art right people are like oh that's just a red blob on a canvas or oh, I could have painted that or and the fact is you didn't <laughs> um, but but to to give it a second look, look at it again, look at it differently, uh, touch it, maybe not in a gallery, but um, uh, try and interact with something in a different way, um, take a different perspective. Right? Don't just, okay, well, I've seen it. Okay, that's it. It's nothing. It's so funny what you said. Is the more than un- I was uh, for a an anticipated, unplanned visit to the museum, art gallery museum in Vancouver last night with my daughter because she came to pick me up from my office after finishing working and so it was uh, by donation i didn't even ask there okay so then um, as we were browsing through the gift shop at the exit there was this cup saying modern art equals i could have done that plus but you didn't do it <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's exactly what you said like yeah everyone said oh it's a blob like yeah but you didn't do it and so it goes back to openness and humbleness i guess and um also slowing down, as you said, and uh, <laughs> now Sav would love this decluttering. <laughs> 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 yeah, because I think I think not even the transcendent can get in if it's cluttered. 
And I don't mean my office. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean our lives. Our, right? If we are full all the time and busy all the time and cluttered, I mean, there is no space. Even even the powerful transcendent, I don't think. And, and sometimes it does, though. I mean, I shouldn't be so sure. Yeah, I, I'd say, you know, if, if an earthquake happens, um, yeah, it's not going to care whether you're busy. But yeah, maybe the maybe the more enjoyable experiences of transcendence that we've talked about are, are ones that yeah, you, you, we really need to take time for or, 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 or just be. And that sounds very... Um, uh, transcendental in the, in, in the, all the kind of pejorative ways, but but yeah, to uh, maybe maybe for for listeners, particularly you know, kind of living in the predominantly, I'm guessing, modern urbanized world, maybe it's when you go on holiday somewhere, or you go away for the weekend, where you can actually allow yourself to to take the time to look at something, to look at a tree, um, uh, not once but twice, and third three times and four times to touch it, to climb it, to do something but but yeah um certainly being open taking time different perspectives and, and i i guess for people who are coming from a more um, spiritual perspective as we said there are these experiences uh, have been um, you know integrated sometimes in some spiritual practices like and if some listeners are engaged in meditation or like any other um, rituals or praying Right, like uh, that in the sense of openness to to something that um, we feel, we sense that is um, larger than ourselves, or the ultimate concern to <laughs> go by Paul Tillich's uh, book that is in front of me <laughs> right now, and <laughs> it just reminded me that he also uh, writes about this. He talks about God, so that's uh, obviously a different um, a different perspective to come to to understanding the transcendent. But it's, uh, I think it's so important for us as human beings to recognize our insignificance that way and um, to, to live with that awe that we are here in spite of or with our insignificance and we, we are in relationship or even immersed in, uh, in these um, realities or experiences that are actually more than experiences. The ocean is pretty darn real. Like that is... Um, that invoke in us such a such an experience of power mm-hmm. and density. I guess it's something fundamental for being human. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about um, you know what about people listeners who are listening and kind of going like, well, it's never happened to me, or I you know I've tried this and it hasn't worked, and um, and I was curious as to, to what the two of you might might suggest. Something that came for me is. Um, uh, we referenced those movies, those documentaries. Like, I- if you're uncertain or unsure about it in yourself, maybe see it in somebody else, right? Listen to their story, or um, or you know, watch the documentary and see what moves them, like what they're talking about, and see if you can connect with that. Right? Have I had a similar experience? Doesn't have to be identical. It probably won't be identical, but maybe maybe go through it that way. And as you said, now I'm uh, now I'm stealing your line here. Like start small, 
I guess that was also our motto, right? At the time, right? Like starting small, it may not be, um, you know, as intense and uh, total and holistic as we describe some experiences here, but it could be simply like, um, like with the tree, like looking at the tree and being, uh, having that experience. Oh, this stands out and it's so beautiful. It's so, and I'm completely engrossed and I'm completely in it or experiences of you know being in in the flow we said in, you know like something that we really really love doing or a relationship like uh, when we focus on the quality of the, the relationship or on the other person to discover them and to to be with them so these are also good moments it doesn't have to be necessarily spectacular there, there are moments and especially we talk in our first episode love is essentially self-transcendent like it's a uh, it's oriented towards the other mm-hmm. and it um, if i allow it it can take me beyond myself and uh, also a question is like what if um, uh, some clients um, describe some some very transcendent experiences and there are uh, they don't uh, they seem a little bit um like a lot, they don't make a lot of sense to us. Like, um, I mean, they they they're a bit shaken by them. Mm-hmm. Shaken, or they talk about like talking with spirits, or um, yeah, experiences that we our scientific community, right? Like we say, mm, like I I wonder how can we basically how can we work with um, uh, how can we work with spiritual experiences of all kinds, right? Because it's nice to talk about spiritual. Oh, I have an experience of all, and it's like, oh, this is so beautiful. You know, and all that, but what about uh, things that we cannot understand that transcend our own worldview and understanding? Because we can be transcended as therapists too. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I suppose there, there, you you deal with the client's experience, right? It's it it largely doesn't matter whether it's real or not. I mean, you know, so long as they're not kind of hallucinating and damaging themselves, and um, but. You know, with um, clients with delusions, we, you know, the you don't start out by challenging the delusions. You talk to them about them. But what does it mean to you? What does it do? Um, and so, if it's a spirit, if it's a, I'm trying to think of other um, mythical beings, um, uh, any forms, uh, dreams, right? Um, we we don't, you know, as existentialists, we don't so much do dream interpretations in the kind of classical, kind of psychoanalytic way. We do much more about that phenomenology. What is it for you? Like, what does it bring up? What does it mean? How do you see it? Um, you don't have to believe it. And also being mindful of um, many ways, the many ways in which those experiences have been understood, like from multiple cultural, spiritual perspectives. And... Uh, really trying to learn about those when working with clients. I mean, I, I work with a client who was diagnosed with PTSD by the Western world, DSM-5. Gee, I was about to say six. I <laughs> hope I'm not. It's not a bad omen here. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> five. Like, and, and, but he had an understanding of what's going on to him through his own cultural lens, right? Like, and uh, about uh, ghosts and spirits and, and um, of course, got a diagnosis of psychosis on top of PTSD, but he made a lot of sense to me. Like it's uh, uh, in from that spiritual perspective and understanding um, his um, experiences from that lens. So I guess also sometimes we need to <laughs> transcend our 
sometimes our own scientific, uh, excessively westernized scientific um, frameworks to be good therapists. Yeah, to be less reductionistic. Mm-hmm. I think in like in encountering the transcendent, you can't be reductionistic mm-hmm. about it. Um, and so, to yeah, to be open to the client's experience. I think um, you know, so long. I think as Zab was saying, so long as they're not really kind of damaging themselves or other people. Um, to to be open because there are other ways of of knowing that um, other cultures, other experiences, other people have, and there's a lot of value in that and meaning in that too. And some experiences that we uh, also pathologize or like trauma. Trauma is essentially a luminous experience. It's uh, I mean there are many. I mean, researchers, even in the Western world, who talk about the trauma as uh, the spiritual dimensions of any trauma, basically, because as a transcendent phenomenon, because really it breaks a world as we knew it, it destroys it, and then <laughs> a new, hopefully, a new one with new assumptions and are, can be rebuilt. So even some, some of our sufferings that we encounter are pretty liminal experiences, pretty invoke both or evoke both all for the person who went through it and survived it and um, and terror that this is possible so I, I think we we have we deal with these experiences even quite frequently in our work and the point is to recognize them and rather than reducing them to okay so you meet the criteria for PTSD let's do some breathing and you know all that stuff yeah, that's an interesting thing that you would trauma and kind of with that the awe and the terror and um, one one um, thing to kind of touch on your on what you're saying about <coughs> you know kind of various cultural interpretations. Um, one way that I've um, I find helpful, I think I mentioned it before, um, with clients from 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 <coughs> geez, sorry, excuse me, um, from uh, from other countries is um, uh, particularly if we're struggling to get somewhere on something, I'll get them to, to speak in, in their own language, right? To say what they want to say, what they're trying to describe in their own language. Not because I'm versatile in, 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 many, in, in that many languages, but, but the expression of it kind of just in, into, <coughs> into the, um, the atmosphere, into the room, to another person's ears, whether I understand it or not, and then we go in and, and they will translate it for me. And then that gives me a... Okay, now I start to see... Um, one of our colleagues is, um, um, you know, often tells us the Cantonese um, words and the Cantonese um, uh, pictograms for various words that we, we have in, in, in existential analysis. And when you break them down sometimes, they make so much sense with the pictures that are there. Uh, it's really... I can't remember one off, off hand, but it's, that's, that's a way of, um, of, of, of dealing with that. So what, um, are there any last thoughts about this before we transcend <laughs> <laughs> beyond this episode? And of course you have to, um, I mean, we as usually we do leave our listeners with a question on the topic, but before that, is there anything else? I don't, I, I feel like this is, a, we, we've kind of touched 
scratch the surface, scratch the surface, and I feel I, w- I want to come up with some kind of metaphor of being small in comparison to the magnitude of the topic, uh, not just for the sake of it, but I think it would. But I, d- I think we could probably go many, 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 many more directions and deeper here. And um, yeah, I like. I, I feel. I feel the same. Like the smallness and a bit of a <laughs> speechlessness, like or the desire to be silent or quiet and I think we should say that too I think it uh, came up in our conversation before this that sometimes it's um, silence and quietness and speechlessness are also markers of um, um, encountering the transcendent and I guess the only thing is like that it's um, it's a fundamental essential human experience that I think really connects us with as we say <laughs> through that cleansing and that encounter is really connects us with what is essential and who we are in, in our essence, both in terms of fragility and smallness and um, the amazing thing, and I would say miraculous thing, that we are alive, that we mm-hmm. are here with that many um, powerful and potentially destructive forces surrounding us. Yeah, I, f- I feel quite similarly too, the, the speechlessness, um, yeah, it's it's hard to put words to. Um, so I think I think maybe this is a good place to end in light of that. And so as usual, we will leave you with um, an existential question, something to to think about, to reflect on, to dive into a bit deeper. As you've been listening to our discussion today, um, what have you noticed? Have you started to think about maybe experiences that you've had in your life at some point or or in the life of somebody else that you've known um, that could be described as awe um, or wonder or transcendent in some way? And what has the the nature of this been like for you okay well take good care and we'll see you next time follow us on instagram at existentialist podcast and let us know your answer to today's existential question to learn more about us listen to and learn about other episodes visit our website at existentialistpodcast.com.